guys, welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by uh, your usual hosts, myself, Josh Hartley, my co-host, Ben Porter. Hello. And uh, we are joined by Charlotte uh, Porter, queen of social media That's for me. us. That's me. Yes. The media mogul. The, along the lines of Rupert Murdoch. Did oh, we make there? this joke? We've this conversation yeah, did we make, we, we did this make, last make, time. Makes her sound a bit like Max Clifford. We need new banter, guys. This is... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no Max Clifford. No, Ma- Max Clifford. no, Max Clifford's new. That's a new joke. We've not we've not done that before. Isn't he dead? Yeah, he just died. When? Relatively recently. He died in though. prison. Why was he in prison? Oh my word! Oh what? Did you not know this? No. He's, he's a massive sex pest. He's one of the. He was one of Operation. Yeah, he was in Operation Utri. He was in Operation Utri as oh. if he was like in the Avengers or something. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would his What would his outfit be like? <laughs> I don't know, gimp outfit. I imagine it being. <laughs> I imagine it being like a morph suit yeah. of like, like made of like tabloid newspapers. Oh, what like like the Sun and News of the World all over yeah. it. Like, yeah. just on his face, just plastered yeah, all over it. Just. Oh no, a morph suit of just his face. <laughs> no, <laughs> you've ruined it. Right, let's try again. Yeah. um... <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go from there? Guys, we're doing our sort of roundup of uh, 2017 uh, yep. today. It, well, a, a little late. Well, not really, because this is kind of when all the movies, uh, awards shows get their nominees yeah, out. Exactly. We, so yeah. I, I, I think this is this is a good time to talk about, you know, our highlights of uh, 2017, what our favourite, we're, we're, we're naming a game of the year. Yeah, we're doing, we're, we're that guy. We're, we're, we're. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is our opinion, and your opinion is wrong. Uh, yep. So, but we're also going to give us uh, give some honourable mentions, and uh, maybe chat about some of the L- things. L- that... Little review of the year. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, why don't you start us off, Charlotte? What 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 games did you enjoy over twenty seventeen? Um. Well, I suppose we're so we're thinking about games that came out in twenty seventeen. Yes. Yes. Right? And, and yeah. another uh, usual sort of disclaimer. Obviously, we haven't played everything that's come out in 2017. There's uh, a, a lot. Low, there's, well, uh, off the top of my head, Gloomhaven and Love um, and Fog of Love. Yeah. We both like we've all wanted to yeah. really play. Yeah, we, mi- we missed the bus on them. Uh, bear in mind also that the podcast only launched at the end of August, yeah. so we didn't quite have our finger on the pulse. Mm-hmm. But we will this year. Yes, yeah. we will. But disclaimer done. Yes. Sure. So um, I think for me, the game that I played that I really enjoyed and I'm very keen to get back to, mm-hmm. I haven't played it again since, um, Enchanters. Yes, yeah. uh, this yeah. is the Kickstarter project yes. that uh, we talked about way back in our second episode. And then in episode 11, we did it as the uh, What's in the Box. Yeah. What's in the Box, yes. yes. Uh, really fun game, Enchanters. Really uh, we talk a lot about um, the, you know, the aesthetic value. Mm. Uh, also, of this hobby. The, the nicest thing you've ever found in your bin. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, I will not disclose how often I look in my bin for things. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, fantastic visual presentation. Uh, for the game because they hit a lot of their um, stretch goals yes, very yeah. uh, high quality to the cards That's as sort well of linen finish yeah. Call it. Yeah. yeah and just a, a fantastic gameplay yeah. as well very simple really quick and easy yeah. to pick up uh, but um, 
a, a, a surprising amount of depth to it, and yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more. Ben, what you, what were your thoughts on Enchanters? I really liked it. Um, I, I think also got a very um, wide range of appeal. I think mm-hmm. uh, you know, right away the, the the visuals are very evocative of World of Warcraft. That's yes, that, that very sort of cartoony high fantasy. Mm-hmm. Which, no grim darkness here. Yeah, so it right away it it also says that it's quite a family friendly game. I mm-hmm. think with that art style. Yeah. So right away it's accessible to a much bigger audience. Mm-hmm. Um. I really liked the art style. Mm-hmm. I also I th- I thought like because cause right away when you hear about it being a fantasy card game, I think your initial assumption is that oh it's Magic the Gathering players that sort of thing. Yeah, but it with with the the game mechanics and things like that, it it does feel as though saying something like that it would be a bit of an injustice because yeah in terms of how it plays it is very different to magic the gathering or a lot of the sort of collectible trading card games uh if anything it's more similar to drafting those games in their limited formats right because you spend the game uh you know buying equipment buying enchantments and then fighting the monsters you want to fight yeah so, um, and for me, I really enjoyed it. Uh, got my own copy, found in my bin, uh, direct from Essen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, looking forward to playing more of it. Well, one of the things that you said there, actually, that um, I really liked was the art, the art style, mm-hmm. but also the fact that they bought into a lot of existing sort of story, like stereotypes about yeah. the fantasy, mm-hmm. which actually. Made it really made it really accessible because yeah. you knew it was easy to grasp that the one about the Arabian Nights is going to be based on money, the ones about the monsters was going to be sort of um, aggressive. So that actually, yeah. regardless of who you were, you could pick that up and easily have an insight into yeah, how you, to play the game. Each uh, each deck <coughs> has its own distinct flavour, yeah. isn't it? Like the pink deck is the healing deck. Yeah, that, yeah, that's all about like giving and taking health, and mm-hmm. that, you've got that. And yeah. the, there's rainbows and unicorns as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, you everywhere. Who doesn't like a unicorn, no, exactly. right? A healing one at that. I could take or leave a unicorn. This is. Really? I thought. Really? Hold on. Right. So the unicorn's like the national uh, animal I, of Scotland. Yeah, I didn't pick it. I would have. Well, the, this is. Uh, I remember seeing this on the internet. <laughs> the uh, countries of the United Kingdom picking their national animals. All right. I'm England. I'll go first. I'm going to pick a lion. Yeah. Scotland. I'll pick a unicorn. <laughs> no, you, you can't do that. That's not a real Wales. A dragon. <laughs> 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 so. Uh, so that was Enchanters, <laughs> yeah. and that's uh, that was one of the highlights of your year then. And you guys, uh, you guys uh, tried out Dungeons and Dragons yeah. this year yeah. as well. We did. Well, I we we played it before, we but we dabbled. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we've been at this campaign for several months now, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's it's just really fun, and it, it's nice to because it's one of these things we I, certainly I, I've had a lot of false starts. With RPGs, so it's nice mm-hmm. to like finally settle into a campaign. Actually, sink your teeth into yeah. it. Yeah, um, like speaking about D and D in more general terms, mm-hmm. I think I'd, I'd said to to you guys earlier, you could <clears throat> you could almost describe twenty seventeen as as the year of D and D. Yeah, because it it really took off in a big way this yeah. year. I mean, obviously, D and D has been a part of pop culture. 
for a long time now, but you're absolutely right. I think um, its popularity has grown uh, to to a completely new level. And you were telling me the the recent uh, book that they've released for it, the recent expansion, uh, Xanathar's Gate to Everything, mm-hmm. the fastest selling book they've ever published for Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. which is just. Uh, uh, you know, testament to how uh, how much people are playing this game now. Well, cons- considering the fact that the book only came out about two months ago, mm-hmm. right, and it's already the fastest selling. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, and you know, you're getting the the rise of popularity of things like you know, Harm and Quest acquisitions incorporated, and of course, uh, Critical Role as well. You know, uh, people people are choosing. Not only to play Dungeons and Dragons, but to watch it mm. yeah. as their form of entertainment. No, another um, little statistic that I picked up: apparently, Wizards of the Coast, who are now the company mm-hmm. in charge of D and D, published a statistic which stated that more than fifty percent of new D and D players watched it online first. Yeah, I can believe that as well. It's got, it's definitely got a big presence uh, online on like the YouTube. Yeah. Uh, universe, uh-huh. and uh. It, it, it's funny because like, just a few years ago, when they relaunched fifth edition D and D, like a, a lot of people sort of scoffed because Pathfinder was now the more well established one. Mm. Although Pathfinder does still have a presence, like in in mainstream circles anyway, D and D's pretty much eclipsed it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Pathfinder's the the system that we use for the campaign that I'm playing through yeah. and I really enjoy it um, I like that it's a little bit more complex mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time I totally get why Dungeons and Dragons 5 has that appeal it's got the right a nice balance between sort of complex uh, complexity and accessibility mm-hmm. uh, so I, I can uh, I can totally understand why uh, someone completely new to RPGs would probably be would probably find Dungeons and Dragons more appealing. It has to be said they are very similar systems. Yeah, they they they're not worlds apart, but there are nuances to both. And um, I mean the obviously the big thing with D and D is having the the Hasbro PR machine behind mm-hmm. it. That that helps immensely. Yeah. Well, you were telling me that they've got organised play events uh, yeah. going on for Dungeons and Dragons now well, as they, well. We've got one uh, coming up at Tabletop Scotland, haven't yes. we? The D and D Epic, which I'm not hundred percent on what that entails. I think basically that all the people sat uh, running through their little part of the campaign, it all links together. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it all helps create this yeah. big overarching story. But it's it's an officially sanctioned event. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I I guess, that is D and D's organised play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's really cool. And you got D and D Adventures as, as well, mm-hmm. which is basically Pathfinder Society. Yes. <laughs> it's little episodic mm-hmm. adventures. Yeah, really good for people who are just getting started and wanting yeah. to find maybe, players. Maybe don't to, know anyone yeah. that plays. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, what about you, Ben? Then, what what were some of your highlights of the year? Well, I think um, an honourable mention has to go to the Dark Souls board game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, although the the dungeon crawler we probably played more of in 2017 was uh, Warhammer Quest Silver mm-hmm. Tower. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, as much as I'm a bit of a fanboy 
for Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Just a bit. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> uh, says the guy with the Fire Slayer desktop background. Yeah. <laughs> but um, for for me anyway, Dark Souls is the more polished game. Mm-hmm. It, it was simple things like um, to to draw comparisons with Silver Tower. Um, you had an AI table, mm-hmm. so it was like you roll a dice, and then the enemy does that. Yeah, and that went the same for the the minions, just as yeah. it did for a big boss that, character. The, the specific uh, set actions. Yeah. yeah, and there, I mean, there were certain things that that we could do to influence their actions. Mm-hmm. Like you had a a scrying, I had a, yeah, I had scrying an eye or something yeah. like that. Um, but Dark Souls takes that whole thing to another level where you've got the AI decks. Mm-hmm. So not not only does it add more variation in, mm-hmm. arguably there's a little bit more tactical depth mm-hmm. because you can actually observe the behaviour of the boss. Yeah, and then decide, and, right, I need to go here. Yeah. I need to, yeah. And, and form a bit more of a strategy, mm-hmm. whereas sometimes in Silver Tower... You can just feel like you you're just like beating this guy until he drops and that's it. Yeah. Whereas you in in the Dark Souls board game you have to think about positioning. You have to think about how you're going to use your stamina. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to because the it, although you do have classes in the mm-hmm. Dark Souls board game, it it's not like um, well you know you know like in in D and D, you send the paladin in and mm-hmm. he soaks up the damage and protects the little wimpy characters. Yeah. In Dark Souls you have this weird balancing act where mm-hmm. you have to like split the damage amongst the party. Yeah, because if one person dies, you're all dead. <laughs> yeah. Which brings me on to the thing that I, I think I like most about the Dark Souls board game. Yeah. It's the, the health bar. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Because the, the health bar and the stamina bar are mm-hmm. integrated into yes. one. So, so you- you lose health, you can do less stuff. Yeah, and the the way the stamina works in Dark Souls is like you can wait a turn mm-hmm. to accrue more stamina, mm-hmm. but as you say, it, it eventually becomes capped when mm-hmm. you've taken more damage. Yeah. So that in turn represents you losing a bit of your mm-hmm. momentum. I just thought it was a great little mechanic. Yeah, it was it nicely done. You get well. the wee cubes that you get to put yeah. in. And it's it's quite satisfying. Yeah. Overall, I was very impressed with the Dark Souls uh, board game. But if if I had one point of criticism, and I think we we, we discussed this uh, when we first mentioned it on the podcast, uh, the quality of the miniatures—they look mm. fantastic, but uh, made from a, a more rubbery plastic rather yeah, than a hard bendy, plastic, which is a real shame because yeah. the the models look. Amazing. Yeah. Some of them are quite flimsy, though, aren't they? That if yeah. they were made of like a more solid resin, they may, yeah. they would make break more easily. But you think yeah. Yeah, that maybe for some of the smaller ones that weren't as yeah. flimsy, you could make uh-huh. them a bit more solid. Yeah. But it's things like I, I mean, I, Dark Souls fans will be raging with me. I can't remember any of the names, but there's the the big fat guy with the testicle neck and the giant hammer. That's not an exaggeration, folks. This guy's neck does look like a pair of testicles. Well, the the hammer is so big and heavy mm. that it's actually like bending the, yeah. the haft because you've got the 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 weight of the hammer mm-hmm. counterbalanced mm-hmm. against the the feet. Like one of the pegs on yeah. my guy's foot is actually broken off. 
it, it's a shame because they're, they're based on 3D models from the game. Yeah. So they look amazing. Yeah. But they're just... The thing that I really liked about Dark Souls was actually having played the games, I actually felt very similar to how I was when I played the video game. Because mm. uh, obviously, you know, like, as you're dying and then coming back and coming back, you're learning more about it. You're sort of learning a tactic developing a technique yeah. and I felt that you were able to do that within the game mm. as well and even to the point where actually you could um, use the attacks of the the enemies against them I'm just thinking there was that baddie that the we managed to get them stuck in a corner because they could only move in certain ways Yeah. so we were able to use that the gargoyle the gargoyle and we were able to use that and so it just was a case of but you know, but that yeah. for me was kind mm. of how it felt like when you have to run round them in the game and poke yeah. them in the butt uh-huh. so many times before the, you know you can kill them. So I really liked that. That made me yeah. feel like I was actually experiencing it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I never played the Dark Souls yeah. games, but it, good to know that you know they with their sort of visual design, yeah. they they got the look and feel of the video games mm. bang on. But that that's the funny thing is that I've I've played the video game and the board game, mm-hmm. albeit not much of mm-hmm. the video game. I just had no patience for the video game, but right. I really enjoyed the board game. Right, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, but uh, no, so th- so that's one of your highlights for uh, for 2017. Um, yep. An intre- maybe not an, a, a highlight for me, but just an interesting point because mm-hmm. normally when I, when you reflect, when I reflect on like the gaming side of uh, of my year. I'll usually think of one of the Magic the Gathering expansions that came out that year that I really enjoyed, but I'm just not feeling it for 2017. Um, What was this year's one? Yeah, so this year we had um, Aether Revolt, the second part of the uh, Kaladesh Mm -hmm. uh, set. We had the two sets set in Ixalan, Mm -hmm. uh, which was like an Egyptian themed yeah. uh, and then we had the first part of uh, Ixalan the um, the sort of uh, Central American uh, set uh, you said ba- Ixalan twice there the gen- no uh, there- Amonkhet Amonkhet there we go yeah uh, Ix- uh, sorry uh, so this one's Ixalan yeah. and this is Central American with pirate dinosaurs the pirates and dinosaurs not pirate yes. dinosaurs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe that that's w- where they went wrong that would maybe have been awesome if they had pirate no, dinosaurs it, it, I, I, I don't know it's not as if any of the sets have been particularly bad my, my thing is drafting I really like limited and uh, they've all been fine draft formats maybe not amazing uh, but they've all been fine uh, standard for me has just not really caught my imagination at all, and I think that's that's becoming a big problem for a lot of players. They've had to do a lot of bannings for standard. When yeah. I was when I first got into the game, they never banned a card from standard. Um, I mean, they did way back in the day, uh, but not when I f- was first into it. And we've had a spate of but we, very quick ones. We've discussed this before about how. Comping a game too much um, mm-hmm. leaves it in quite an, an unhealthy place mm-hmm. because essentially it, for, it forces the the competitors to take more or less the same builds. And this is exactly what's happened uh, because there's a, a, a one of the mechanics from um, um, from uh, one of the older sets is energy, uh-huh. right? 
uh, and that's it, it. It's kind of broken the game a little bit. It's uh, an extra resource, and they've had to. They, they just announced earlier in January uh, the bannings of four different cards in the standard set. One, two, two of them were to sort of nerf that strategy, and two were to nerf one of the other popular strategies, mono red aggro, which is a really quick deck. Uh, because they anticipated that would very quickly be the number one deck to beat. Uh Um, So hopefully, hopefully there's uh, something comes out uh, to catch my imagination. I will say uh, I only got a chance to draft Unstable once. Unstable being uh, their joke set. So all the cards... For example, there was a card that was unblockable providing you were wearing glasses. That kind of thing, right? Uh, and I really enjoyed it, but uh, I only played it the once, really. So it's not real. It's not yeah. enough for me to go on. So hopefully, hopefully this year picks up a little bit. This is the twenty fifth year for uh, Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, so it's been going a while. Yeah. So hopefully they've got some some special things planned. Yeah. For the game this year. And this episode's meant to be about our favourites, Josh. Yes. So what's yours? Oh, um, I mean, my honourable mention is Baron Park. Baron Park. I uh, I didn't get it all that long ago. I got it at Christmas, but... uh, Still counts. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, it's proved to be quite a hit with everyone who's tried it. it, There's something very... It's a very calm game, but very deeply satisfying. Just Mm -hmm. placing all your little tiles so that they... you, You fill out this little jigsaw puzzle perfectly... To try and get those bear statues before everyone else. Those styles of game we were saying have, have actually become quite popular because mm. um, you've got Indian Summer. Indian Summer and then there's this Patchwork, patchwork yeah. as well. Which it, it's much the same mechanic if you've got these obscure little shapes mm. and you need to try and make them all fit into your grid and then you've got the, the little uh, combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Placement things like um, in Indian summer, you get woodland animals, and mm-hmm. you get you get extra points if you place on top of a berry stuff like that. Yeah, but um, I think out of out of those games, uh, what we've heard a lot of is that Baron Park is probably the best one, uh, and it's so quick and easy to pick up as well. Yeah. Uh, my I had my brother and sister. Uh, playing uh, playing it with me on Christmas Day, and they are not into tabletop gaming at yeah. all. So the very fact that it held their attention and they actually enjoyed it uh, speaks volumes. Mm. Looks lovely as well. Mm. Yes, it's also worth helps. always worth noting. And all yeah. polar bears. I yes, had all the polar bears. It kind of, it kind of reminded me of Zoo Tycoon. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Which I played a lot when I was a lad. But uh, Zoo Tycoon, but with only one kind of animal. <laughs> Yep. And koalas. And koalas, sorry. But technically really, not bears. Yes, they are marsupials. Mm-hmm. They are arboreal marsupials, for being specific. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is specific. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that's one of my highlights for the year. And I suppose the other one, and I think we all enjoyed Secrets yes. when we played it. Yep. Uh, the uh, hidden identity game uh, with the CIA and KGB and Dirty dirty hippies uh well i've played it with a few different groups now as well and it's just 
consistently quite funny as well. I think that there comes a point in every game where you think you've got everything sussed, and then you'll get that little bit of information to prove, oh, I was completely wrong about everything. Yeah. And then you just won't understand what's going on anymore. Um, <laughs> much like life. Much like life. Which is, and, and actually, it, it, it's interesting because it's basically, the Secrets is a prolonged version of the cup and ball trick. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Moving all these identities about, yeah, trying, to, trying to keep yeah. track of them. Uh, so it's uh, it's great fun. And again, uh, it's one of those ones that just gets so much better with the more people you play. I think the the, the maximum chaos possible really uh, really improves that game. Also uh, co-created by Eric Lang. Eric yep. Lang, yes. He did not write the Snowman. Didn't write the Snowman, but no. I wish he would. That would be awesome. Maybe we could get him to make a Snowman board game. <gasps> I'd, I'd only want to play that, though, if uh, David Bowie was one of the playable characters. David Bowie from the intro to The Snowman. What? Have you never seen that? As, like, between Max Clifford and David <laughs> Bowie and The Snowman, like, my David mind has Ray, just so, been blown. <laughs> so, I, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't dreamt this, have I, right? So, the intro... I, in, I so, don't, I'm not recalling this no, at all. No, is Max be... Clifford actually dead? Yes. Max Clifford is actually dead. Right, okay. And the original broadcast of the, the, the original version of The Snowman had a little video intro by David Bowie talking about how much he loved Christmas and uh, the snow. And when he was a little lad, he built a snowman. And he's got like the the scarf that the boy was yeah. wearing in the the cartoon. Uh, I think my mum has told me this that they have edited it out uh, for more recent versions. Yeah, see, I I've never seen that. No. And I at one point owned the snowman. We're hitting you. We're hitting YouTube. Right, I'm proving to this. See. I think he would make it better. No, yeah. I I, feel I do that... like it. No offense, Raymond Briggs. But I I I, I think. I actually feel quite bad that they felt that they had to have David Bowie lend the snowman an air of legitimacy when I feel that the piece speaks for itself. Yes. I think the piece does speak for itself, but sorry, I'm giggling because of how much time we're spending discussing <laughs> the snowman. snowman. Um, I, I I think it does speak for itself, but you know. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like chucking custard on a dessert, right? You know, it's only going to make it better. That's true. Putting David Bowie in something's only going to make it better. See, you say that, but I just don't get labyrinth. Right, that's for another like another day. We'll have the discussion another day. To be fair, though, I never saw the film as a kid. Right. So. So the Goblin King I was never sat, haunted I was sat down to watch this and just thought, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> you know what? You remind me of the babe. <laughs> you were meant, the babe you, with the power. What power? I know. The power of voodoo. Voodoo? Voodoo. Hey, but there's so many films. Like, like, well, in fact, that's actually a board game I want to play, Dark Crystal. That is Dark a Crystal. Crystal. Yes. Right. So yes, yeah, so on that team, and now back into board games. Now, yeah. now we're back. <laughs> now we're back. There. Nice. Um, so, so secrets, secrets by Eric Lang, who didn't do the snowman, <laughs> but did snowman. do secrets. Uh, fantastic game. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. But I think, uh, shall we reveal what what we've picked to be our sort of collective game of the year? Well, before we do that, I would just like to quickly say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not quite a game, but an expansion of one. Oh, sorry, yes. Yeah, that I was really impressed with, and that was the the Firestorm yes. expansion for Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a map campaign, which is pretty standard for a, a war game expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got the stickers on it, which it's obviously borrowed from the, the recent surge in popularity of, mm-hmm. of legacy games. Yes. But these ones you can peel off Ooh. and put them mm-hmm. back on again. I've thought of everything. Yeah. I've thought of everything, guys. But where this game really blew my mind was that it uses a deck building mechanic to represent your army's resources. And yeah, and it, it, it it's done really well. I have to say, really like, slick. Yeah. Because any campaigns we've played beforehand. There's lots of scrib- scribbling on pieces of paper and toting things mm-hmm. up and subtracting. Gluing magnets to the back of resources. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Which Charlotte remembers hundreds well. Hundreds and hundreds yeah. and hundreds and hundreds of them. Charlotte looks traumatised. <laughs> I think she was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But Worth it though. Th- this, this totally gets rid of all of that nonsense. There we go. All those magnets were for nothing. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Thanks for just ruining everything. Yeah, just a you know, great little set. Yeah. Um, really nice artwork. Mm-hmm. They've really been pushing the boundaries with the artwork. But yeah. Just thought that deserved an honourable mention. Absolutely. And we're we're still playing it, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, still working through it. We're, we're uh, we've got our game this weekend with Scott. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Death will win this time. Mm. But we'll see. Mm. We shall see. We'll see. Indeed. We'll see. Uh, so big reveal. Big reveal. Big reveal. Uh, we have picked Warhammer Underworld's Shade Spire mm. to be our game of the year. Yep. yep I think uh, you and I were unanimous on this. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, Ben. Uh, Charlotte, we, would you rank this as your favourite game of the year? I think, um, and probably the experience of playing it because I felt it was a game that I could play with mm. Ben. Yeah. Yes. You know, and actually, it was a couple of years ago we played again and again and again the um, the Lord of the Rings deck mm-hmm. building, you know, the card game. Yeah. And I really enjoyed just being able to game together. Yeah. And so having another game that we can do yeah. that with. And also, I did get really into it, maybe a bit fanatically, uh, when I was like, you know, no, I will I will find out how this works. Even, yeah. you know, when you were wanting to sit down and do other time, I'm like, no, get back up here it, and play this game. <laughs> it did take us a few attempts to. To iron out some of the rules, mm-hmm. but that you know that's quite natural, I think, with with any game. But it's just a really really slick set of rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the main thing for me that was at first so appealing was that I finally had a game that I could get my friends who play Magic the Gathering and my friends who play Warhammer to both play mashed together. Yeah. I think uh, the design has been it's n- simple but effective. Yeah. Sort of that. Wh- what's the old famous quote? The designer knows when his work is complete, not when there's nothing left to add, but when there's nothing left to take away. And that kind of that kind of feels what Shade Spies like. Yeah. It it feels so refined and very well balanced. I think uh, there's loads of different ways that you can approach a game. Uh, to try and win it. Uh, I mean, we've talked on the the podcast how I've been uh, trying this uh, Objectives Really Matter uh, warband for the undead uh, to varying degrees of success. 
<laughs> Mostly successful. The, the the last the last couple of games we've struggled with it is is not been because your deck hasn't worked. It's been it's because I haven't worked. <laughs> well, but but this is the thing is that you you could come into this thing. I'm quite good at card games. Mm-hmm. Forgetting that there's this whole other layer to it that you need yeah. to understand movement and positioning as well, and vice versa. Yeah, you you can't just approach it like you would a normal uh, table yeah. tabletop war game. You've got to build a deck, and you've got to try and make it as efficient and synergistic as possible, yeah. and with a particular purpose in mind. And you need to you need to make your cards consistent. You, mm-hmm. you, so you you could just pick up on your cards that you like, but. You, what you'll find is that at times uh, some objective mm-hmm. cards will be at cross purposes with the ploys and upgrades yeah. that you've picked, and then that's your fault. Yeah, you've put you've put an objective in there that you're never going to achieve. Yeah, why did you do that? Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I, for me, it definitely uh, my favorite my favorite game of 2017. Actually the first time in a long time that I've been really excited to play a new game by Games Workshop Yeah. as well. I'm not counting Blood Bowl because that's basically the same game that it was yeah. back in the 90s. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just had a bit of a facelift. Yeah. But On that note, what are you doing tomorrow, gents? Well, I'm glad you asked, Charlotte. <laughs> yes. We will be popping through to... So, on, on the 27th, Yes. So by the time this goes up, we will have already been. Yes. But mm-hmm. we we are going to Common Ground Games yep. in Sterling. Uh, we are taking part in a sort of warm up event to the uh, Games Workshops. Is it their first bash at you know proper organised play with promo cards and everything? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to be uh, a warm up session just to see kind of eye up the competition. Yeah. Like. I see you. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think by the time that um, organised play properly rolls out, the mm-hmm. Skaven and Fireslayer warbands will both be so that out could, as well. So that could change everything. Yep. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the metagame is like. And uh, the owner of Common Ground Games, Steve, has uh, graciously agreed to be uh, interviewed for he us has. as well. So we shall... We shall have an episode in the not too distant future at all, uh, featuring uh, featuring him. So, unlucky frog, game of the year 2017, Warhammer Underworld Shadespire. To give it its full title. Yes. yes. Am I supposed to call it Warhammer Underworlds or Shadespire? If well, I'm if I'm abbreviating it. Well, the the actual game that that we're giving this to. It's mm-hmm. Warhammer Underworld Shadespire. Right. Yeah. It's this particular iteration. Of right, because they're probably going to do something similar to this. Yeah, well, it's got its own website and all that now. So Yeah. So uh, there, there you have it. That's our, our game of 2017. Yep. And on that, shall we draw this uh, episode to a close? Bombings, guys, get in touch with us. Let mm-hmm. us know what you think. What was your game of 2017? Did we really miss out uh, by not playing Gloomhaven yep. or Fog of Love? Sounds like we did, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so let us know. Uh, tell us what you've uh, you've been playing the most, and uh, have a good night, guys. We'll see you next time. We are Unlucky Frog Gaming, and I am Ben. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support by giving us money. 
through the Unlucky Frog pod pledge and Patreon. And be sure to check out our website, unluckyfrog.com, to find out more.